The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the masculine journey. We are glad to have you with us today and if you've been listening to this show for any time now, or if this might be your first time listening to us, we're about adventure a little bit. We enjoy adventure, just different types of adventure, and, and walking with God is definitely an adventure. And I, I set that all up to say this show is going to be an adventure, because <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be talking about a pretty big topic that has a lot of different little fingers to it. Um, it it's how to have hope in the midst of a hopeless world, or hopeless situations, or injustice, or medical, whatever that might look like, how to find hope, because the enemy's big goal is to rob hope. And we're going to talk a lot about that today, but we're also going to maybe just go around the room a little bit and say, whether it be in the news or other situations, what's some things that's come up for you guys this week or the last couple of weeks that's caused you to kind of take a hit to that hope a little bit? Yeah, I got a, <clears throat> off the air last Saturday and went home and you know, here was this big news conference. They're going to show this video in Charlotte. And, you know, the next thing I know, all this stuff is just going on. And I am trying to understand. And I, I, the further I go into that, and my mind's trying to get around all these spins that everybody's putting on this, seeing <laughs> in the Fox News and all this stuff. Then I go to Twitter. Oh, man, that, you know. And on Twitter, here's another shooting in Seattle. And there's a shooting in Baltimore. And, you know, there's... <laughs> a 17-year-old a girl that's that's missing and this and that, and I just am like, man, what? The, it just seems like everything is gone. Sam, it's just mm -hmm. difficult. It is very tough, and, and I guess I should said in studio today, we have Robbie, which you just heard. Jim's with us today, Dennis, uh, Vinny, myself, and in the background, which you won't hear from him, is my son Eli, who's sitting in with us today. Uh, one, of the, one of you guys, who else has something that's kind of really touches on this topic for you? Well, I think this current election cycle in our country, uh, if, you, if you look at the news and even, even in between the news segments, you have commercial after commercial right now that are, are political ads for one candidate or the other. Uh, it's, hard to find, it's hard to find hope when people are just putting down each other and, and not looking in a, in a positive direction a lot of times. It can be discouraging to see that. Uh, you try to find a way to, to sift through that, but the system is the way that it is, and it's, uh, it's challenging. I've heard a lot of people talking about our country and being very concerned about uh, what is the hope for America looking into the future. Mm -hmm. And you touched on something there that we're going to get back to in just a little bit uh, of, as far as something that robs hope. I have a slight advantage over you two guys because I avoid the news like the plague, especially political news. But I do follow financials, and that's a pretty hopeless place right now, mm -hmm. both at the personal level and for our nation and the world. So that is one place that when I dwell on it much, it can get me down. Absolutely. Vinny, what about you? Yeah, I was listening to... Um, brother here, Dennis, 
Uh, he's so right. It's, he hit it right on the head. But then it just came to me. I felt that way in the 1940s when there was no hope because people were being slaughtered, ethnic slaughtering, the Germans and all of that. And it seems to me like I've lived a life. I'm 85, and I've lived a life every period of my life. Something comes into it where you say, my goodness gracious, ain't there no hope for us? You know, we're the ones that are creating these problems, in case you people out there don't know it. We're creating these problems because we all have different opinions. Sometimes that gets us in a lot of trouble. Well, it's nice that you can use something that none of us can reference because we weren't alive during, yeah. <laughs> during that time. But, no, but it is a great perspective. That Not over, many people not are many, alive. Yeah, that's true. Good point. That over years it does cycle, but doesn't it seem as if it gets worse? And maybe every generation yeah. feels that way, but it feels like it becomes less and less to be hopeful in, whether it be the pol- political situation, the financial situation, the social unrest. Maybe it's personal in nature, personal finances, health issues, all those things that try to steal hope. And Robbie, before we go much further, I want to have you set up this clip that we're going to use uh, from the movie, what was it, Cry for Freedom? Yeah, Cry for Freedom, and it, it stars, it's about... You know, the unrest in South Africa, apartheid and that kind of thing. And uh, Denzel Washington plays this reporter for a a newspaper, black newspaper, that is obviously against the government from the government's point of view, but actually (laughs) just trying to look out for hope and and find people's rights in the midst of it. And he gives a speech here that that really speaks to our times. And like Vinny, this is something that's recycled from something that happened, you know, I guess... 30, 40 years ago. When you and others in black consciousness speak, you say, our true leaders have been banned and imprisoned on Robin Island. Yeah. Who are you referring to specifically? Uh, specifically, we refer to people like Mandela, Sabukwe, people like Goban Mbeki. And is it not true that the common factor with these people is that they have advocated violence against the South African government. The common factor with these people is that they have selflessly pushed forward the struggle of the black man. So, your answer to this so-called naked terrorism is to provoke violence in the black community. No, our movement seeks to avoid violence. But your own words call for direct confrontation. That's right. We demand confrontation. Isn't that a demand for violence? Well, you and I are now in confrontation, but I see no violence. (laughs) But nowhere in these documents do you say that the white government is doing anything good? Well, it does so little good, my lord, that it is not worth commenting on. Surely that approach inflames racial hatred and anti-whiteism. My lord, blacks are not unaware of the hardships they endure or what the government is doing to them. We want them to stop accepting these hardships, to confront them. People must not just give in to the hardships of life. They must find a way, even in this environment, to to develop hope. 
hope for themselves, hope for this country. Now I think that is what black consciousness is all about. Now without any reference to the white man to try and build up a sense of our own humanity. Wow. That's an amazing clip. It just, it's hard to say anything about that. It just kind of speaks to a lot of the issue. The more you listen to it, and I've, you know, I had a chance to listen to it about five times. Now, there's so much inside of that that speaks to what's going on in our lives right now. And where he's, he, where you put the face of humanity on it and you see that everybody involved in that are human beings and the fact that we, you know, God would call us to engage, not to just sit back and do nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and so you had a, a you know, an, an experience with a video where you saw that very thing happening in today's time. It, it was. Uh, my son Caleb sent it to me um, in a video. And it was a very long video, and you can find it on YouTube. Um, or you could say it YouTube if you want to say it that way. But <laughs> on YouTube, the, it's called uh, Free Hug Project. And you'll read about a guy, Ken... Uh, I can't really pronounce his last name, Nawalgi or something like that, that mm-hmm. is a social activist. I mean, he wants to raise the awareness of what's wrong in society, but he's also a peace advocist, mm-hmm. advocate. And, and he did something that was really pretty cool. I never heard of him, never heard of his, his project. And he has other things that he does. He does a Hollywood race that he helps uh, provide money for homeless shelters and things like that. But in the middle of the stuff that was going down in Charlotte, he was out between rioters and police officers in riot gear simply walking up and giving somebody a hug, mm-hmm. wearing a shirt saying, Free Hug Project. And initially I was watching going, really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, be honest, okay, that sounds good, it's corny. But to watch, it was amazing to see what he was doing. He was taking what was a very volatile situation with fear and injustice on both sides, good people being hurt on both sides, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's what happens in those things. But he was taking it, and he was saying, well, I'm going to give this police officer a hug. And this happened to be uh, the guy that runs it as a minority um, business owner, and he hugs a white cop. Mm-hmm. And some of the rioters start yelling at him, you know, saying, well, how did you, why are you doing this? Why are you abandoning us? I said, I'm not abandoning anybody. I'm hugging Joe or whatever the guy's name the mm-hmm. cop saying, I appreciate that you're on the line for what you believe. And so then, you know, there was a, another minority cop and he hugs him. And then the crowd turns and they're yelling at the minority cop. And you see um, Ken kind of stand up and say, no, wait a minute. He's providing for his family. Mm-hmm. You know, let's get this back to reality. And that's what he was doing on both sides of it. And then he went over to the rioters. Right. And he was taking it to that human level. This is really people. Yeah, you know, there are a couple of things that I hear in talking about this that uh, to, to find a place of hope requires courage mm-hmm. and it requires love. It sounds like he was doing both of those things where it, it, it takes some courage to step out and say, I'm going to stand for something or I'm going to get involved in something. But it also takes love for your fellow brothers and sisters. It, ta- it takes love for people that you don't even know something that we're called to do, loving one another, and putting those two things together. Oftentimes we sit back, and I shared this with some guys that I'm in community with last week. We oftentimes sit back 
and we, we judge and we make comments about what's going on or what people are saying or not saying, how often do we engage? How often do we start with prayer to begin with and then go out and find some place to get involved? And it's, you know, as you were saying that, Sam, I was thinking about, you know, I teach special needs Sunday school. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people look at that situation and they go, well, how can, how can you find hope in that? Because it looks really difficult if you had somebody... And, and sometimes I've had students that were in wheelchairs that you know couldn't even move their arms or legs or their head or make any vocal sounds. Where do you find hope in that? So engage. Absolutely. We're going to come back and talk a little bit more about that. But we got a boot camp coming up. No one will lose sight of that. It's coming up in November. And go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org to get more information on that. We're going to talk a little bit about the boot camp after the break. But also, if you want to listen to past podcasts, there's a whole host of them on there. Or go to our Facebook page, where you can also do donations from there now, if you'd like to help the ministry. Masculine Journey Radio is listener-supported, and we are very thankful for every dollar. But I wanted to take a moment to share a really easy way that you can support us. If you use Amazon to purchase things, all you need to do is go to smile.amazon.com, which is their charity contribution site, and from there, select Good Heart Ministries to support, and Amazon will donate 5% of your purchase to us. To donate or watch a video on how to do this, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. That's MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Dealing with our masculine hearts, and what does the Christian life have to do with any of that? That's why I could not be more excited about what's coming up November 3rd through the 6th. The event that realistically changed my walk with God more than any other thing other than coming to Christ initially was a boot camp. Yes, the team from Masculine Journey Radio is having our own boot camp. Four days, and it's so affordable. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Early bird prices are in effect. MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Well, welcome back. <laughs> As we say, don't look back. But Dennis, I'm going to come back to what Robbie said here in a second. You picked that bump in music. What uh, caused you to pick that particular song? I think oftentimes we get bogged down and don't see hope because we keep looking back to what's been happening in the past, and we don't look forward to what we can do today and in the future. And to me, that's what that song really speaks about. Absolutely. Uh, Robbie, before we left, we were talking a little bit about uh, something you've been doing for how many years now? About 20, yeah, working wow. with special needs folks. And there's no doubt that when I got involved, they scared me. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I wanted to do really was engage because, you know, when you're, when you're talking about older people with special needs, sometimes they're, you know, they're, they're pushing their fist in the air. Or they're looking at, you know, and, and, and all these involuntary motions. And it's actually a bit scary until you pray like you just said, Dennis, and you engage and, and you start to understand that there is humanity in there, a lot of humanity. In fact, unmasked humanity <laughs> is the way I would put it, mm-hmm. and and outright love and things that you that, that you find. Now, it's amazing to me now, wherever I am, it, just today, I was in a gym, and there was a guy over there with Down syndrome, and immediately, I don't know what they, they realize that I'm very comfortable with him, and he, you know, he's, he engages me, hugs me, is like, hi, how are you doing, you know, and I'm very, very... F- excited to be able to engage with another human being that before I would have been afraid of. But it's a matter of, you know, God walked me through that. I give him all the credit, kicking and screaming to some extent. But, you know, there it is. And I think there it is if we will 
um, engage. There is, you know, we're talking a lot about some things that uh, are macro, very big issues, and then also Robbie for you with a, with a group there. But how do we handle those things that look hopeless for us personally? Because those things happen too. You know, I don't know what it feels like to be somebody that's being oppressed in a neighborhood, whether it be in our country and another one. I don't know what that feels like, fortunately. But I also don't know what it feels like to be 85 and blind. right? And so we all have these things that we can feel hopeless about, which is part of the enemy's plan we're going to talk a little bit about in a minute. But Vinny, you've, you've felt that hopelessness at times, haven't you? Oh, for a number of years now. When I first met my wife, uh, she had pretty good eyesight and so did I. Now you live, well, as long as we're married, and both of us are blind now. And you got to figure out, I mean, I, I don't know how we do it, to be honest with you. We wake up every morning, I got a blind person taking care of me, and I'm blind. And she's blind. It goes to one thing, the hope that you can generate out of God's word. What he really wants us to do, you know, we have all kinds of ideas in what we're supposed to have. Fancy car, big house, and all of that stuff. But in in the book, it says that God created us all equal. I think what probably happened is that he had a box of Crayolas next to him there, and he just made people different colors, but the same. And the hope that all of these people have should be immense for each other, black, white, Asian. It don't matter. It really don't matter. We're created equal. Right. We have opportunities for situations. We talk about some of these on the air. But Dennis, you find found yourself about a year ago in a what would appear to be a hopeless situation. Yeah, I was looking at being homeless. Uh, a lot of things that happened in my life and. Uh, so I made a decision to go somewhere and stay at the rescue mission. That's where I've lived. Uh, and it's amazing what God does with that because you were talking about uh, how different people, different people groups live their lives. There are guys that I know now that are good friends of mine, and I had no clue of what their, what that life would be like compared to my own. So I think God uses these situations oftentimes to show us kind of what Vinny was talking about, that we all basically are the same. But there are guys there that have had far less opportunity. I'm celebrating uh, yesterday and today a, a big occurrence in my life that I'm grateful for, understanding full well that there are other men that I'm living with that probably would have never gotten that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it hits you right square between the eyes, and you see that uh, – you see the need to, to help others. And this is an opportunity that you wouldn't even have thought you would have had no. a few years back. Absolutely right? not. Absolutely not. To, to think that I would be going to graduate school to, to get engaged in counseling other people. Uh, you know, what I was told for several years is you can't counsel yourself. How are you going to be able to counsel anyone else? Because I was struggling with things. But you get in a situation like this and you see that environment and you see the people that out there that really need some help really need people to love them and 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 share with them and listen to them uh it just touched my heart and i know that god is having me do 
what what I'm really passionate about. Uh, thank you. I want to go to a clip pretty quick here, and it's from uh, Freedom Riders. And, and part of what I want to talk about before we, Robbie, have you set this up a little bit, is we can't often choose our situations. You know, Vinny, you didn't choose macro degeneration, right? I mean, that's not something that you did. It just occurred, and, and things happen to us. We can't choose where we're born. We can't choose who we're born to or the situation we're born in. But there are still a lot of choices after that. And so, Robbie, go ahead and tell us a little bit about the clip, and then we're going to talk a little bit more of it on the backside. Yeah, the movie's called Freedom Riders, and it's a school classroom, or inner-city inner classroom. And uh, there's a young, quiet boy in the back that nobody's seen for a couple of years until this particular scene where uh, they're kind of sharing some struggles, and, and he offers to share a little bit of what his struggle is. Ms. G, carry something from my diary? That'd be great. Who is he? Man, he's been with us since freshman year, fool. What's his name? I don't know. The summer was the worst summer in my short 14 years of life. It all started with a phone call. My mother was crying and begging, asking for more time, as if she were gasping for her last breath of air. She helped me as tight as she could and cried. Her tears hit my shirt like bullets and told me we were being evicted. She kept apologizing to me. I thought I have no home. I should have asked for something less expensive at Christmas. On the morning of the eviction, a hard knock on the door woke me up. The sheriff was there to do his job. I looked up by the sky, waiting for something to happen. My mother has no family to lean on, no money coming in. Why bother coming to school or getting good grades if I'm homeless? The bus stops in front of the school. I feel like throwing up. I'm wearing clothes from last year, some old shoes and no new haircut. I kept thinking I'd get laughed at. Instead, I'm greeted by a couple of friends who were my English class last year. And it hits me, Mrs. Gerwell. My crazy English teacher from last year is the only person that made me think of hope. Talking with friends about last year's English and our trips, I began to feel better. I received my schedule and the first teacher is Mrs. Gerwan, room 203. I walk into the room and feel as though all the problems in life are not so important anymore. I am home. Can't miss that. <clears throat> yes, you are. That's the teacher. Yeah. Acknowledge, and, and of course, what you can't see because it's a video, mm -hmm. is the entire class goes over and all these people who didn't know he was for the four years, you know, they start to hug him. And he, he feels that place of belonging, mm -hmm. that home, that is where there's hope. Absolutely. And he had no control of his situation. But how he chose to respond to it. Mm -hmm. You know, Vinny had no control over his situation. But yet each week he comes out and he's helps share hope with other people. Mm -hmm. You know, and part of that's just making the choice to go do that. Right? And then there's part of it is how do I even do that? Mm -hmm. And the good news is you don't have to do it by yourself. You're not supposed to do it by yourself. Right. You're supposed to invite God into that process. 
Jim, I know there's probably been a few times in your life that uh, you didn't know what the next turn was, but does God help you with answers if you come to him? Always. And I've been listening to the stories here and the clips, and I have had a extremely blessed life. Most of my times when I felt hopeless was when I had was suffering the circumstances of my own bad decisions. Mm-hmm. But I was having a conversation, and you know, I grew up with the proverbial silver spoon in your mouth. I never lacked for anything. And I was having a conversation with God just yesterday, and my last tragic event was almost half a century ago when I lost my best friend in an automobile accident. And everything else has been, as far as circumstances, has been great in my life. But as I was getting out of the car at work the other day, I was talking to God and basically said, you know, you've protected me from so many things that I see every day that are happening to others, and you give me compassion for them. But if I today, everything goes wrong in my life, and the rest of my life is misery, I've still been blessed beyond anything I could hope for. Mm-hmm. And when we turn to God with these big or small problems, he's always faithful and always gives us that hope that we don't have anywhere else. Yeah, the question that, thank you, Jim, the question that you're often asked is, you know, where's God in the midst of all that? Well, maybe God's waiting on one of us to step up and go give a police officer and a rider a hug or to teach a class to disabled children. Right? No, adults too. I mean, all sorts of age, you know, from different Down syndromes and different things that God's causing us to enter in. And often, though, our life is so busy, mm. it's hard to even try to find time. But, Robbie, there's something coming up for the men listening. Yeah, for yeah. me, the reason I, I picked that clip is because that sense of home is what I feel when we're at these boot camps. And we do have that one coming up November 3rd um, through the 6th. And that sense that you're looking for like the closest thing to heaven when you have an answer experience to experience God with other men in that journey I can tell you is a is is something very much worth showing up for uh, and a lot of good people come to the, the boot camp and one of the questions is okay God what do you want from me mm-hmm. what was my purpose well you get opportunities to ask him those questions and more and God does answer maybe at this boot camp maybe not that questions answered till the next one but he'll answer it. If you want more information, go to masculinedrudyradio.org and check out the boot camp or listen to a past podcast. See you next week.